sprung ahead. Pavelski, a breakaway, save, rebound, score! Hey, Stars fans, this is Joe Pavelski. Make DallasStars.com your only place for Stars news, exclusive content, game highlights, and more. Plus, DallasStars.com is your one-stop shop to purchase verified tickets to cheer on me and the boys all season long. Get in the game and visit DallasStars.com today. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Intelligent individuals learn from everything and everyone. Average people from their experiences. The stupid already have all the answers. And here with all the answers, senior staff writer for DallasStars.com, Mike Heika, and yours truly, the big Daryl Stottle, D. Razor Ray, for another season of the Podman Rush 2022-23. And I think the first main thing you have to ask at the beginning of something like this is, where were we, Mike? Where were we? <laughs> where were we? Seems like just yesterday. It seems like just yesterday that we were we were singing the happenings hit. We'll see you in September, or at least you'll hear us in September. Thank God they can't see us. You look like bubbles and I have antlers coming out of my head as we record this thing. Anyway, uh, I won't do the, the phony how are you because we've seen each other for two weeks now. Mike, I, I went on an epic northern British Columbia fishing trip this summer. Uh, so spectacular that it will be made into a two-part episode of Real West Coast. That's real, R-E-E-L. It's a little play on words, Mike. You might want to work that into some of your musings this season. Uh, anyway, it was planes, trout, bears, pike, Arctic grayling, live porcupines, dead porcupines, and mosquitoes big enough to mate with chickens up there uh, just south of the Northwest Territories. Uh, we had big earths flying us around in, in the plains. Uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. I went on some other uh, casts locally here, told a little bit of it. It was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. What, what was the capstone of the summer of Heika 2022? I played in the pool with the dogs. All right. That was well, it. That, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure everyone would like to hear more of uh, that. I'm not fantastic quite the adventurer as you summertime are. Summertime Is DiCaprio playing you in the film? You know what? You could make a movie out of what the we Revenant. did. The Revenant? Yeah. I thought- You wrap, yeah. your, you wrap oh, yeah. yourself in a hey. porcupine skin? <laughs> well, you don't do that. You use the- you use the porcupines in order to spear fish, in order to just survive, Mike. Just survive. Uh, did you fat? Did you fashion your own blow dart gun so you could use the hey, porcupine quills? I'm not going to lie. I thought about that grizzly scene in The Revenant at times <laughs> up there. It was insane. It, it was just quite an. I mean, I 
I grew up in what I thought was Northern British Columbia in Prince George, Central British Columbia. That that would be like like saying like Waco's Northern Texas, North <laughs> Texas, you know. Um, we were we were up there. It was fun. I, I look forward to seeing seeing the whole thing. My brother in law Brendan Morrison, who played, he was on the old West Coast Express line with the Canucks, has the fishing show out there. My brother-in-law is Mr. Wilderness. He hunts and he's been up there. It's kind of his backyard. Anyway, that that was that was uh, that was it, it was the most fun I've had fishing in in my life. Like we we packed fourteen days worth of fishing into seven days. Wow! So what's this show? Brendan has his own wilderness television show. Yeah, Real West wow. Coast. That's amazing. Oh my God! Sponsors. They, he's I, like, I go he's to like I go, grills. Yes. Yeah. I go visit my mother and I'm telling her all this stuff. And we're sitting in, in the living room of her apartment. She's got the TV on. I've got some infomercials on there and too loud. My mom. And, uh, I grabbed the remote and I'm like, I just changed the channel just put something else on. So I change it to another channel within a minute. The show comes on. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a Sunday, it, one of those Sunday outdoors things. Boom. There's my brother-in-law in there. I go, that's the show we're going to be on. And, uh, so it was, it was pretty neat and, uh, it'll be fun to see what they, what they come out of it. But I was exhausted by the end of it. I've had enough fishing for a long time. He continues <laughs> on. He's, he's out there fishing for tuna with, uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, they live oh next to one another, uh, in Tofino and, and then he's he'll be off stalking elk, and you'll go bow hunting for elk. like yeah, yeah. He's outdoorsy, Brendan. I'm indoorsy, Razor. So anyway, and sh- if anybody's still with us on the Podman Rush, <laughs> after that was all the that, best part. So, so where were we, Mike? And and where are we going on the old good ship Dallas Stars? I, I mean, I think a good place to start is a coaching staff. Uh, the old guys well, did a wonderful job, and yeah. now we got new guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking in my mind, like, say hello to playoff Jake Ottinger. We got to do that. Yeah. Uh, and but then we had, as you alluded to, say goodbye to Bones and a coaching staff that took this team through some pretty turbulent uh, airways and, and choppy water through the pandemic. And uh, and with that, I guess we also say goodbye to John Klingberg, who stitched together a kind of bizarre final season in Victory Green. Yep. Um, after uh, what was that? Seven. Seven years for John. Could be. That sounds about right. Is that about right? Uh, who else do we bid adieu to? Radulov. Yeah, I was going to say it's playing in the KHL. As odd as Radulov was, he, I mean, he had three really good seasons for this team. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And so you got to be thankful for that. It was early, early Rads was awesome. That first year, that first year was pretty, he was a firecracker and productive. And that was him and Jamie and Tyler carrying the team offensively. And, yep. Um, some injuries and then it's just a non-factor last year the say goodbye to the best playoff forward and Mike Roffel 
who was phenomenal for these guys <laughs> in that seven game series against Calgary. Yes. Uh, but a, a chance to say hello to the new regime in in a lot of ways, right? Pete DeBoer yeah, you and know, his assistants. It's interesting, and and I give the former coaching staff all the credit in the world. Uh, but they were an oddly assembled group. And so they did, you know, they did very good with what they were. But I don't know, I just feel like the fact that Pete DeBoer gets to start from scratch and bring in his own coaching staff and, and maybe reset the tone of the organization a little bit is a positive thing. Agreed. Uh, Steve Spot, who's been with them for a long time, uh, they are exclusive to one another, really. And yeah, uh, their history uh, dates back to uh, basically junior days where they coached the same uh, in the OHL. But they both coached Kitchener, is that right? At some point, uh, that may be assistant? true. He was I, I assistant need to check there. that. Yeah, I think so. Did you not do your homework? I know that. I know that. Did you know Spot, I was going to ask. I didn't. I should have done my homework. I know Spot's history better than I do DeBoer's, just because I know DeBoer's NHL history better. Uh, no, well, Pete Pete had a pretty rich, long run in the OHL, too. Right. Two teams, I think. But anyway, that's what Google's for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Elaine Nezredine, uh, who comes by way of the uh, hated New Jersey Devils and will run the defensive side of things and penalty killing and, and so forth. I, I'm really – look, I'm like you. They got a ton of really good mileage out of – out of the previous coaching staff and regime. And it just felt like it was time at the end of last year, uh, as it always does in this league. This league's crazy that way with the turnover. Uh, but for us, I think for fans, for the players, certainly some players anyway, it's an opportunity to start again anew. And there, there's always a, there's always an effervescence and a, and a, newfound hope and a belief that comes with that right and yeah and, and i think what pete's saying about you know trying to score more goals and be more aggressive offensively it, fans want to hear that whether it works out or not fans want to hear that right well now. fans want to hear it. players want to hear it too yes they do you, you yeah. know they like they it's hard to be a real dedicated defensive team over and over and i think it's super difficult if you don't go deep and and really win with it you know what i mean yeah like if it's yeah. your if it's your calling card in your dna and you're just impossible to score against and you can win a boatload of two to one games and three to two games uh and you win it all say with that with a style that's how you lean in uh then you can perpetuate it but when when it's 50-50 proposition at best, I, I just I think it's a difficult thing to, to keep going. And it's a little bit don't you, do you believe this? It's a little bit like with coaches, there's it seems like you constantly in, in sports and certainly in our sport, you go good cop, bad cop, good cop, bad mm -hmm. cop, good cop, bad cop. And in some ways you probably do that in your approach and, and your systems where, okay, we're, we were just wildfire offensively. We couldn't keep the puck out of our net if we had it sealed with saran wrap. And, 
and then you're like, okay, we need to get better that way. And then maybe the pendulum swings a little too far that way. And now you're struggling to score. And some guys feel like they're, they have one arm uh, tied behind their back offensively. And so you're always searching, I guess, for that sort of happy medium. Yeah. You know, and we go back and I know it was a different time, but I mean, Hitch's teams were not bad offensively. They were good offensively. And, you know, they were great on the power play. They were usually, what, top six, top seven in goal scoring, and then first overall in goals against. You know, I mean, th those teams had the balance, and I think that's what the Stars are looking for again. Yeah, it, I found it interesting. DeBoer invoked Hitch's name twice in his opening day remarks. I was like, <laughs> whoa. And he's right. I mean, the, there was a good foundation that started with with Hitch's season here, and I – I think a lot of these coaches that have come after, maybe not so much Bones, although I think there's a mutual respect there, but Bones is a little older and more of a contemporary. Uh, they've got to be about the same age, right? Hitch and Bones, yeah. Bones probably a little older. Um, and then, uh, but but with the younger guys like Montgomery and, and I think you even put Pete uh, into that category, they would have been impressionable guys and and probably looked at at, at some of those uh, Hitchcock teams whether they were here or Philly or wherever and uh, and found some things they liked but I, I found that interesting one of the things yeah. that that is mo I think is is most encouraging uh, with with Pete DeBoer who's a really good coach uh, I took a look at his first seasons you know started he was 40 years old when he took his first job with Florida uh, and then New Jersey then San Jose, then Vegas. And now here in Dallas, if you combine just the, just take the first year, right. At Florida uh, with the devils, with the sharks and with the golden Knights, the golden Knights one is a little, you got to combine two seasons cause we're in the pandemic. Yeah. But anyway, like let's say the first, I think it was 78 or 79 games that that he was with the G Knights. His record his record in first years is 190 107 and 27. Yeah. And and then his playoff record's even better. But but those two well, those teams finished 3rd, 4th, 3rd and 1st. And you're and you're right. Playoff but you got to get there, but you know, yeah. then you can post your your playoff records in that but it's pretty obvious that at all stops where he has taken over they have taken to him and what he's preaching and and the style of play so that bodes really well for 2022 23 Dallas Stars yes I'm excited I mean it's you know you don't want to be a, a fanboy in the media and all that kind of stuff but you look at things on paper and you're like this could really work I mean, you got five, let's say four guys who were below their offensive totals and Jamie, Tyler, uh, Giryanov, and Foxa. And there's a really good chance those four up their numbers significantly. And then, you know, you look at uh, some of the young players and the potential for them to step in and be comfortable in the system. And that's exciting too. Yeah, it, I mean, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about how things uh, are intended, I guess, here to change, whether it's individuals like you mentioned or just the overall approach uh, of the team. I, I know one thing, 
I, I don't profess to know a lot about Pete DeBoer in that. I've, I've always respected the way his teams played. And I remember when he was coaching Vegas and they played the Stars in the bubble and in the conference final, and, and I was uh, going to pick the brain of Joe Pavelski, who had played for him in San Jose, and just say, okay, what, what is the secret sauce with Pete DeBoer? Because this has happened everywhere, it feels like, what he was doing in Vegas at the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a lot about uh, smart simplicity and meritocracy. I, I love it when he answers those questions from the media horde here in Dallas <laughs> and camp, uh, where it, it's, it's very matter of fact, but it, it, it's kind of music to my ears anyway, where it's like we want every guy to leave camp thinking that, hey, I got no qualms. I got a shot. And it, it's, it was on me. I, I didn't play well enough. Yeah, and I I don't I don't think it's going to be anything other than that. I think it's just always going to be you're going to tell us whether you deserve more ice time or power play time or whatever it is. Uh, so that that part of it I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing. And the, the other one is just the mentality that everybody out there is going to be an option offensively. You know, like you're you're going to all be expected to chip in in some way, somehow, you know, like he always says, you know, you're not just going out there to, to hold things 50, 50 for a shift. You should always go out there with uh, the goal of giving your side the, an advantage. And if, if that means spending 45 seconds in their end or, you know, adding another goal on the scoreboard, whatever it is, but just the idea that the, the main, at least, it seems right now the main focus is we're going to be a much better team at getting out of our own zone, which helps your defensive game. Don't worry so much about your defensive zone coverage. You're going to need right. that too. But the quicker you can get out of there in sync, the better defensively you're going to be. And when you're entering into the other team zone, enter uh, in, in there, if you can, intelligently with the puck, where it's not just you three forwards and it's not just you three forwards and that defenseman. It's five guys that are on the ice that might be uh, instrumental in doing something offensively. So I, I think those are, I, th I think those are major, major areas where the stars can be much better than, than what they have been in a while. Yeah. And I think the league is trending in that direction. I mean, I don't know if it's got the four lines yet, but the good teams have three lines. You have to have three. Yes. You have do. to have three good lines. Yeah. You, you just, and, and, you have to, if you have any designs on, on being a team that isn't, you know, chasing a wild card all the time, you can't have one and a half lines. You can't have two lines. You, you have to have three lines that are at least a major threat to the other side. If you can have, three lines and then a fourth line that that can get the upper hand on most depth lines and and third pairs on other teams man you're going to do you're going to do some serious damage i think yeah i agree with that and then the other you were talking about quotes i liked i liked how he said this the other morning he said that we want to give them a chance to prove they belong or not <laughs> yeah, exactly at the end he's like if you can't prove it then you're gone I, you yes. know I'm, it's not on me it's on you yeah <laughs> or not I, I love that yeah i i do too <laughs> i do too 
it's just, you know, a lot of it is, it, you can see the com- confidence that he has in what he preaches and what he brings. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you, when you look at the record that he's, that he's had, um, and he just seems like a good fit for the, the space that, that this franchise is in right now. So that's, yeah, I think that's they actually got lucky. Cause I, I don't know that Vegas oh my and God, Vegas yes. may be fine. I don't know. I don't think they understood what they were giving up and, and what happened last year, because if you look at, not- at Pete's record and what he's produced, as far as shot differential and analytics and all the stuff you want in a coach guy's pretty good. Well, it's not like the Vegas golden Knights to, to, just do something semi knee jerk, is it with personnel? <laughs> no, it, they would never do that. Wow, they, 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 we've said it for years now. They, they do not fall in love with their players, obviously their coaches, and uh, they just, they do what they believe they, they want to do. It's yep. insane when you look at it. Uh, you know, for anybody, for any coach, I don't care who you are to get buckled with that many man games. It's, it's, it's never just the man games though. Right. Like it's players. the man games. It's the volume of injuries, but it's also the individuals that got injured. Like you, you can get by losing, you know, some replaceable guys down your lineup a little bit, but when you're losing goaltenders and, and mainstay you know, top line forwards and, and all that. I, I don't know how you, and they were still in it. Like, yeah. Like I remember what that game when the stars knocked them out. Uh, I mean, they just, they couldn't win a shootout and that's not a coach thing. Uh, I remember walking out underneath after the game and Pete was, I think he was sitting on a, on, on a, a bunch of, uh, uh, programs for the Mavericks or something over in the loading dock there. He's on the phone, you know, with the reality that they're, they're done, their pursuit was over in that. So the finality setting in with everyone and they, you know, nobody was talking to one another with the golden Knights in that, but just thinking, man, all that you put in and trying to bandaid that lineup back together. And ultimately it, it's a skills competition that did you in just win yeah. a few more of those. And it would have been at, at the, um, the pain of the Dallas stars, if they'd, have, if they'd have done that, but to, to think, you know, months later, he's driving down that same ramp and, and walking into the stars dressing room, coaching them. So I, I'm yeah, with you. I, I, I think by the end of this thing here, it's, it's going to look like a gift. I do too. And I think you're getting him at a time when he's very motivated to prove himself. And you look at a guy like Klingberg or somebody like that who goes someplace else. And I think John's going to be very motivated this year. Well, I think Pete's going to be very motivated this year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think coaches get motivated like that? What, what what do they do? Coach Harder? Well, I think they have egos. Uh, I really do. I mean, you know, Oh, there's no doubt. And so then, I don't know if it makes you coach harder, uh, but you're certainly focused and you certainly want to prove people wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're so relying on so many things though. Hey, yeah, <laughs> that's coach, true. I know. Uh, other, a uh, big, really only one big change. It looks like up front at forward, as we talk here now after the first preseason game, and that would be Mason Marchment, uh, coming in, which is a, a real nice ad because he's got skill, size, 
little abrasiveness to him. Uh, and then there's one gargantuan void at camp, and that is no Jason Robertson as of right now who's an RFA, restricted free agent, and they haven't agreed on a, a contract as of yet. So if I said to you, Mike Heike, the biggest questions a week into Stars training camp are, you would state what? Hmm. Wow, that's a good one. Because ha- I think they have tons of them, but they're all little questions. Um, you know, what do you do with Anton Hudobin and how does that affect your cap space? I think that's really actually important. They don't want to talk about it because they don't want to sit there and say, yeah, we, we want to try and trade this guy. Uh, but I think that, I mean, if you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, be really nice if Anton played well in the preseason. They could move him and take that money and use it for Jason Robertson or whatever else they want to do. Um, and then the I other had question that down. to that's, me. That's one of mine. That's one of mine. Like last yeah, year, that, but not really. What's up in the crease? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, and again tonight with Wedgwood and and uh, um, Matt, not Matt not Murray. that Matt the Murray. Matt, no, no, he's I call him the Matt Murray. I think Holy called him not that Matt Murray. That no, was his he's, nickname. No, no, he's the he is Matt the Murray. Matt. He's he's a good he's a good goalie. We'll see um, if the other so, Matt Murray can stop anything in Toronto. But this is the right. Matt Murray here. The Matt Murray. Um, so that's important, I think. And then the other interesting thing is if they have a healthy lineup, who does play in the top six, and how do you get? that third line was scoring power. So is the third line, is Mason Marchment a third liner? Is Jamie Benn a third liner? And is that a bad thing? Is it bad to have that kind of talent on the third line? Yeah, I I mean, it's, it's never bad to have a certain no. amount of talent on a third line. I always think the third line is your tipping line. Can you tip yeah. the game? The top six count each other out or counter each other? I, I think one of the big questions is will some or any of the kids truly push for employment here yes. right away? Uh, because the, as you know, two, yeah. I think most people know like young guys are inexpensive and, yes. and for teams that are, that are close to the cap and dealing with the cap and that man, if you can have like guys that look like this league is not too rich for them uh that it can really help <laughs> anything yeah. that has anything that has commas in it instead of decimal points is good <laughs> on the salary side well and again these guys are players who have played at the highest level that they are currently at and and that i mean rich peverly had a great line when i was talking to him about the kids and he goes you know guys who score 120 points in junior hockey usually end up being pretty good and, you know, we got three or four of them, so. Yeah, like, I, I'm intrigued by that the, that whole collection. Because, I mean, you can write down the names that are are the names, right? Like, right. If, if Robert, that's the other big question. How long till, till Robo actually returns to the fold, right? And anytime you have stuff like this, I benefited from it back in, in the 80s when Andy Moog was in this same situation. He... He wanted to get dealt. He, you know, they had Fuhr and Moog, and he was holding out, and he was going to go to the Canadian Olympic team, and and uh, it and Grant was with Team Canada playing against the Russians in that '87 series, and I mean, we had 13 preseason games. I think I played 10 of them, 
Like it was, but it was awesome because it gave you, yeah. it gave you a window opportunity and they knew that they needed another goaltender and it was up to you to show that maybe you could be that guy. So there's an opportunity for this pool of, of youngsters to do the same thing, like make it a really, really difficult decision for management as to whether um, you're going to be around or not, and maybe even only for a few weeks depending on how long, you yeah. know, other things happen in that, you know, guys like Wyatt Johnston and, and Stankoven have played a lot of hockey, a lot yeah. of hockey, uh, but they looked good last night in the, in the first preseason game. But you have like Karlstrom who played a game or two last year for the stars. You have Delandria who should be, th- this should be his time right now. Correct. Yes. To, to make management, kind of go okay is he ready for this now yep or is he not and i'm telling you what ty you're gonna tell him one way or the other like pete DeBoer said yeah like they're gonna give you opportunities and every single time you go out and you put a jersey on and you play against another team you have to show them you have to stick out you have to show them that you're gonna do something and you can be a value to them otherwise you're gonna end up being uh, a, a guy that is a number crunch guy that ends up back in the American Hockey League, and then you got to deal with the disappointment of that. I, I, J.J. McQueen, uh, this, who's been here for as long as I've been here in, in player development, and that he moved down to, to uh, Austin. He's in Cedar Park. He'll be around these kids all the time, and such a good old-school voice for them to make them understand that Everybody watches everything in this league now. Yeah. They don't miss anything. Your practice shifts, your games, and what you have to keep in mind, because I think a lot of young players, if this something like that happened, I'm not just saying Ty Delandria, any of these young guys, uh, if it's not your guys, everybody else is looking at you too. All these other, there's, right. there's 31 other teams, and you can leave an impression with them. Look at a guy like Marchman. I, you know, he played against these young guys when he was with the Leafs farm team with the Marlies in the um, Calder Cup final. You know, this management remembers that. They saw that yeah. player against their prospects at that time. Then yeah. you play against him a lot when he's in he's in Florida. Uh, like, you, you, got, you can't just get your lip out like a Zamboni and woe is me and I didn't get a you know, fair shot and it isn't working here. And all that. It's like an every single day you have to show yourself. But there's so many of them. Like Carlstrom, Delandria, Johnston, Bork. Um, I really like Beck. He's going to play tonight. Yep. Uh, big Blue Swedish Mel center. Or whatever. Uh, Stankoven, Strangis. Yeah. Um, on, on defense, you know, some, they're, they're, most, of the, most of the guys are here now that are going to be here. Some of the other right. ones are, are – a little too green, like Cairo. Did Cairo go back today? I think maybe I or maybe don't know. not. I couldn't. I don't remember the email, but yeah, he's close there, to going back. There was a there was a few of them, but it, it's nice. Another skilled young guy. We'll talk about yep. the the shiny um, new guy, but like Thomas Harley is an opportunity for you now yeah. to grab yeah. a little and the, bit. And the more. new kid Lundqvist. Yeah, uh, I think you we know, got a whole section on him. Mike, hold that thought. Oh. Oh, hold that thought. An Sorry. entire section. The other thing that I always ask questions about uh, heading into into the preseason 
with a new coaching staff is which vets will excel in the new coaches system and which ones maybe struggle and they might have fit better with a you know, previous regime or or head coach and it's just they're not going to be utilized the same way or they can't do what the new system asks of them like i i find that that stuff fascinating yes you know i agree i mean is gary on off a vet now what is he 25 years old you know still young this is a year he's, yeah yeah but he's got it but yes through. but then same yes. thing with sagan ben um you know fox uh uh, Glenn Denning, uh, how are these guys fit? You know, can they? Lindell, Suter. Yeah. Like, like how? There's some key there's, players here that yes. have to perform well. Yeah. And, they eat up uh, a lot of the cap. And if they do, man, you got you got something going on. I agree. You really do. Uh, speaking of prospects, though, you you can, in fact, go home. Our very own <laughs> Mike Heike, who will be up for an online Pulitzer for his coverage of Traverse City prospects tourney 2022 uh was that the first one you went to up there no or I, you uh, going back in the back in the day so it was a good pitch to the newspapers who don't ever want to spend money oh okay and i and i told them i would just drive up there and cover it myself and drive back and uh, i basically my parents have passed on but we still have their house so i stay at their house i drive my sister's car it's pretty economical for whoever is sending how me far away there. from home is that where the games were like the drive oh yeah. no the actual i don't know maybe 10 miles come on no really yeah center oh my God. ice they should have you on hammond road they should have you on the red carpet handing out the trophy <laughs> at the end of the tournament there is it would be nice mr traverse uh, city it's fun so i'm just walking in getting the security and media guy and uh the guy asked are you me, like norm when you go in there i think so Mike. Yeah. yay how's and it shaking so the guy tells me uh what class he's in and i said oh my brother was in that class he goes oh yeah i know i know your brother and i'm like he was four years younger than me and and this is a guy who's and that was what 40 years ago and he's telling me about these guys he knew in the class and it was it was really kind of neat. I mean, that part of the summer uh, was fun. I just all these kids thinking rare. thinking they're the cats meow, and there's Heike <laughs> signing autographs on the concourse. Woo! Uh, not not quite that, but it was fun. Uh, and I so, will say this, and I think you get this a little bit too. My friends think I'm a big shot. Like a couple of them are going like, "Whoa, you know whoever Steve Eiserman?" And I go, "Well." I know him from my job. It's not like I'm hanging out with him, but to them, that was a big deal, you know, or, or, you know, uh, so Jim Nill comes by and said hi to one of my friends and he was just like, Whoa, that was Jim Nill. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it, that's kind of cool. You feel like a big shot. Yeah. Former Red Wing guy. Uh, I guess you are up in Red Wing land up there. Aren't that, you? That's what the one game they played against the Red Wings was standing room only the other. Was it really? Two, Oh yeah. You, yeah. you couldn't move in there yeah. and they're excited about hockey up there. And I think they think the Red Wings are going to have a good year. So they, they yeah. showed up in big numbers for the Red Wings. Well, it was their baby, right? Kenny Holland yep. started the whole thing up there. Yep. Uh, who's now in Edmonton with the Oilers as their GM that they make a good whiskey up there too, by the way, I'm not, I've heard I'm not that. sure if people understand that or not, but <laughs> I thought there'd shill. be a big billboard with your, face I thought I would it, be then. flown up there. <laughs> I thought I would be flown up there 
as the uh, spokesperson for Traverse City Whiskey, but it never happened. There was no correspondence whatsoever. Perhaps they well, yeah. understood that I was in the wilderness of northern British Columbia slaying trout. Uh, now that you're so, a TV star or, yeah. or you're going to be a TV star, then they'll probably call on yeah. you. More people will know me from that than what I do here. Uh, what, what, what did you come away with from the experience there in 2022? Uh, a couple of things. One, I do think experience matters. And Logan Stankoven is, he's great at whatever level and he goes 100% and then he just, I think he just adjusts to whatever the level of play is. So there's a 19 year old and you sit there and say, you know, he could do this. Uh, uh, I think Wyatt was a little slower to get into the the groove, uh, probably because he hadn't played like Logan did. Um, but again, I think he's a different personality. And then the the 22 year olds look great. Uh, I mean, uh, Damiani, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, the um, he's a couple a good, of the he's a good smart hockey player. That yeah kid. Yeah, and and you know a couple of the other forwards, uh, Blumel or Blue, however you want to say it, Blumel, Blumel, uh, again, 21, 22 year old, just having that experience in a pro league uh, overseas, it, it really showed up in Traverse City. Uh, so that was great. The other thing that was interesting is they really got kicked in the gut. Uh, like uh, they played really poorly uh, in the second period of the first game, and they just got hammered. And so then they have to turn around and, and play again. They had a day off, but so that was good. But they were so much better after that. And, and I like that. Yeah. And then uh, Matt, Matt Murray, you know, was not good in the first game, didn't play the second game, played the third game and was great. And so to me, I mean, Matt Murray's 24. He should be, you know, he should be pretty good at a tournament like that. But the fact that he cleaned things up and said, you know what, I'm not going to let this get me down. Uh, I like that from all of the kids. They they all really seem to buckle down and say, yeah, this is important. And it's like you say, every shift's important. Everybody's watching everything. And I think they they learn that in, in games two and three. Do all the team's uh, collection of brass and coaches and whatever – do they watch all the games? Are they all there? I think they do. I think I think the stars do. That's the guys. No, I but when best. you were looking around in the rink, yes, you could see uh, now, there's the St. Louis contingent. There's the Columbus contingent, and that they're all there. Yes, soaking it all in because they yes. they're all all the games. Well, no, the games aren't all at night, are they? No. no. Uh, How do they golf? They, I heard the only <laughs> reason they go there is to golf. Uh, they did have an off day. Each one of them had an off day, so I think they probably did that then. And then the yeah. other thing is, if you play in the 11 a.m. game, then it's, it's then still the pretty rest light of the day up. is yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yours. So, yeah. and then the other thing is that you know, yeah, I think management may have missed a game or two. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to see Columbus and Detroit. We'll, we'll catch them in the regular season or preseason or whatever. So, uh, but yes, the golf courses up there are quite lovely. Well, I think fans appreciated your your um, work up there because it is a conduit to that tournament uh the the stream pictures are sketchy at times to you know in, <laughs> in an arena like that and pick it up and so many new names and all that but it is nice like even for me like, sit back here and and catch your tidbits out of there and get a sense of uh who's maybe catching people's eyes and then you know watch a period or two here and there. I can't watch three periods of that from that camera <laughs> angle and that. 
Uh, <laughs> Come on, you had Ken Cal coming uh, play by play. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it was good on good on Ken to jump into the booth there and and call that tournament. Um, I, I think I had some country music going on at the same time. I was uh, multitasking, Mike. Yeah, yeah, uh, but enjoyed it. So fast forward from there to training camp in Cedar Park, which was I thought was really well attended. Did you feel the same way? Like, when was yeah. the last time we were down there? Twenty seventeen. Does that sound right? Maybe. Or 18? Somewhere. I, they all blur in my head. I can't believe we went to Boise, Idaho, and wherever right. else we've been. But I, I, I didn't Fort remember Worth. it being as, as well attended then as it was this time. It was, yeah. it was really good. Uh, and Pete DeBoer put in long days. Man, those coaches that are taking over new teams, you know, they lose their voices. They're out there in their skates for three sessions a day. It, they're teaching, teaching, teaching. At the same time, they're trying to watch and evaluate. Uh, it, it's a lot on them. And the Texas Stars are so important to the franchise. You know, this is very much a draft and develop league now. It just has to be. The good teams, good franchises. Uh, and they have some great men there uh, doing it. Neil Graham and, and Travis Moore and uh, Max Fortunas who are around and running those boys that that is I mentioned JJ earlier like that is yeah. that those are the type of people that you'd like to have your young players uh tutoring you know yes. about about being good pros and the cuz you're always dealing with the 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 disappointment nobody really wants to be in the American Hockey League you know what I mean no. yeah like you don't want to be there and and there's disappointment when you end up back there, uh, but the 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 teachings from guys that have been there and gone through it and and can help a little bit, whether it's veteran guys down there, or just young guys who think it's a lily pad, a real short lily pad, before they'll be in the NHL. And for some of them, true. For others, shocker. <laughs> you're four and five. You're you know you're somewhere else, and you're still in the American Hockey League. So. Uh, good on everybody. I, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent down there. I really did. Yeah, the facilities are top notch too. I mean, it's a really nice arena. Um, the way they get in and get out is is very good. And and you're right. I mean, having guys like Travis and, and Max. I mean, those are the guys who know disappointment and they can counsel these kids. Um, and the other thing is Neil. You know, up in Traverse City, those guys are up there as well. Um, and as much as you have a new coaching staff. These guys have been around. They they've seen it, uh, so it, it's a little bit of a mix of the old and the new, and it, it does seem to work out very well. Yeah, uh, and hey, if you're gonna uh, hashtag Texas hockey, then you got to spread the gospel of Dallas Stars and Stars hockey throughout, uh, and that drives a little easier now too. Down thirty five, yeah. they've they fixed Waco. Thank God. What a <laughs> What a menace that was trying to get through there. Now, what's the worst part now? Waxahachie? Uh, you know what's funny is I go... Uh, I think Waxahachie is. I'm on the west side, so I go 35W. Oh, and it is yeah. a clear shot. Oh, shut your uh, that face. That is the, the nicest stretch of highway. <laughs> I tell you, I bolt out of there, um, hop 35 north, pull into Bucky's, fill my tank, Grab my stuff out of Bucky's. Bucky's is the greatest thing on planet Earth. It's amazing. 
I mean, like people who don't know Bucky's, it's it's. We went there a couple of weeks they, ago because I was at my. How do you have that clean of toilets with fourteen <laughs> gazillion people coming through there every hour? Uh, attention to detail. Wow, pretty amazing. It is just some some water, some jerky, and some Twizzlers, and mm. hello, hello Dallas. Listen to football on the way home. They're they're. Uh, audio red zone version of college football. It was just one Homer call after another. <laughs> that is nice in college. Oh my like, God. So much stronger uh, than in, in, you know, I was, I was thinking football. this too, and we'll probably talk more in depth on another podcast about it, but the, the, the Texas, the Texas hockey, you know, born and bred Texas new, fairly newbie hockey fan. I, I would like to pull all of them and get a better understanding of whether they would prefer just over the top homerism from their, their broadcast, because for the most part, that's what you've gotten on the football side of things. Yes. All the way through. Like yeah. if you listen to a high school broadcast, it is just one high school. They're not going down the middle on that. No. If you listen uh, and, and then everything, the home side is always on radio. There, there's no, there's no home television for the most part. You know, right. it's national. So whether it's it's the NFL or it's college football, man, you are getting unabashed homerism to the nth degree on your football games. Uh, and then when you watch it on television, you're getting down the middle. But for the most yeah. part on radio, man, you are getting absolute homerism. Like Homer call of the Homer call of the hour, I called it on the way home. <laughs> it was just you one after that. that. There were there were more we's and us and and from color men, the color men especially. There's a lot of professionalism Yo. in the play by play guys. The color guys don't even try. No, and, and the, it's everything they seem to be upset with the officiating. Oh my God, they hate <laughs> the stripes. The zebras are morons everywhere. I can't believe, it. and they don't hide it. But no. it, but it's and it's everything from the guy who played for the team last year that's now the color guy, to the guy that sounds like he's somebody's you know drunk grandpa on there, and he's been doing this for you know forty years, and it's the same. He hasn't lost his us and we and no 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 no. And every every call the officials make screwed the home side every time, yep. every time. Anyway, a digression. Uh, give me a name that popped out uh, for you in either in, – in all that you've seen so far. Why don't we say that? I, Traverse, Cedar Park, first preseason game, all of it. Any, any well, the name two, in the particular? The two from Traverse. Uh, I said that a I name, Mike, not plural. Damn it. All right. Um, I was going to go with Blue Mile, but I think Stan Coven has been – just a dynamic player. And I know it's going to be difficult as a 19 No, no, it's not. No, 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 no. It's not difficult, Mike. He's going back to Kamloops. Damn it. He's going. He's, All right, then no. I'll go with Blue Malzahn. No, no. He's, <laughs> uh, no. Stank, I just like his attitude that he goes, 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 goes. Oh, my God. And just makes it up as he goes along. <laughs> he may make the coaches cry when they have to send him back to Kamloops. Right. But the Camelot Blazers are hosting the Memorial Cup this year. And 
Logan Stankoven's going to be he's and he's going to be an absolute epic superstar there. Yeah, he might be the best player in Canadian junior hockey. And and I feel a little bit for him cuz if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to look like a guy that you're like can can we keep him? And I'm pretty sure our owner Tom Gillardi, who also co-owns the Camus Blazers is going to be like no you can't. <laughs> no. Is there any other tie to Camloops that we don't know about? Any former goalies, homer announcers? Uh, Corey Hirsch. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, it's probably true, yeah. He's uh, probably rooting for Stan Coven to go back. Yeah. he. You know what I like about Logan? And I've, I've yet to talk to him. I've never had the chance yet to put the pressure on, on him to win it all this year in the loops. But uh, he he's a young guy, and he's not a big guy. Actually, Matty DeFranks had a funny line. He's like... I just get mad all, all the time when I see that they gave him a five and a seven on his back. He wears 57. <laughs> he's five foot seven. It's like, that's, unf- why doesn't Hawkenpaw have rude. to wear 66? <laughs> right. Um, he, he wants to have the puck. Like he almost demands it. It doesn't matter whether he's certainly in Kamloops, but when he played on Team Canada, in training camp here, in the game last night, you can see him. He's like, I'm the best option to have the puck. Yeah. And and you can see him just like like I'm not saying he's Mark Messier, but that's right. how that's how Mess was back in the day. It was like he would he would curl back as a center iceman into his own zone, look at those two defensemen, and it was like, Hey, uh, <clears throat> right here. Right here. This this is the best spot for it. See this blade? See this blade in front of me? That's the best spot for the puck right now. Let's get it there. And and with him, I, I he has a belief that with the puck, he's going to make good things happen. All the time. some yep. guys look. Let, let's not kid ourselves. Some guys just want to get through the shift without ever touching it. Almost where it's like, whoo, all right, didn't get scored on. Right. Let's change it up. Whereas he always wants to have the puck and and try to make something happen, which makes him a glove fit. And I'm sure conversations have uh, already taken place between management and uh, maybe even owner and coach. It's like, hey, look, don't fall too in love with 57. <laughs> we, we need him to win a Memorial Cup for us in Kamloops. But, man, the kids made an impression. I agree with you. The, the yeah. one that, that has really stuck out to a point, and I knew nothing about him. I just knew when I was watching the practices – Practice. We're talking about practice in Cedar Park. Was uh, Blummel or Blumel or yeah. whatever we're going to call him? Whatever he is, Matai or Mate or we're going to find that out. Uh, but you know, give a lot of credit to Yuri Herdina, uh, star scout, who was like when Edmonton. I don't know what happened in Edmonton, but I've watched this guy and I'm like, he he can't play for the Oilers. Yeah, and. He's like he hard driving skater. Made to play for the Oilers. Yes, but I, I was just I was watching him in drills. I think he was on a line with, um, uh, with Bork and Glenn Denning. Am I right? Yeah, I think I it think was. You're right. And I was like, who? Both of them are right shots. And I was like, who's who's the left shot? Who is that? And somebody told me. I'm like, mm, me likey. Yeah. yeah. And he's got great big tree trunk power legs that he can motor around. Uh, his stick. I looked at his stick. It looks like a bandy. You ever heard of bandy? I think I asked you yeah. before. That big soccer y- field hockey game over in Finland. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he's got a bandy stick out there. 
and uh, he shoots hard, skates hard, good hands. It was just like, yeah, he's he's the one yeah. to me. Uh, you know, you always bring up these guys that you know nothing about, right? And they're the ones that stick out more than most of the others. But he's the one for me. So yeah, Herdina set up there that he has played against very strong competition uh, and, and played very well. Uh, I think yeah. he was in the world championships with the uh, Czech Republic and, yep. uh, and Chechia. clearly in the, Chechia yeah, in the, uh, the, uh, when did that change by the, the way? Senior league. I don't know. I don't know. International politics. It was Czechoslovakia when I played there. I remember that it was a long time ago. Then <laughs> it, it became the Czech Republic. And now all of a sudden it's Czechia. They were showing a highlight of some, broadcast Czechia. from 1999 i'm going like oh my gosh there was a kid and i'm going like oh yeah it was 25 years ago isn't that the truth speaking of kids the nils lundquist acquisition uh which i think is easily the most fascinating of the uh transactions that have gone on the last little bit until robo signs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then that'll be a fascinating transaction. I, the, the Ottinger deal too. Uh, but this, you know, people act like Jim Nell has never peddled a first round draft pick, but this was actually the third time I believe in the last five, I don't know whether it's five or six, let's call it five. It sounds better that okay. way. Third time in the last five years that he's done that. So 2017, the Stars' first-round draft pick was traded to Chicago. People forget that. Yeah. To move up to get Otter. Uh, now, you know, they actually got a first-round draft pick in there too, but let, let's not get caught up in semantics here. 2021, first was traded to Detroit. They wanted to get that big uh, Edmonton Oil Kings netminder. Is it Casa? They wanted to do essentially the same thing that, that Jim had did to get Ottinger, move up right. in the first round. So anyway, he traded it to Detroit to move down, and they still landed Wyatt Johnston and Grishneshkov. Is that it? Grishnikov? Grishnikov, the defenseman. Yeah. And, and, you know, so there you go. A couple of guys that looked like they might turn into – significant players uh for this squad that was a first and then the 2023 first round pick was dealt to the rangers for nils lundquist in uh basically just prior to camp so and i like what jim said that you know you're getting a 22 year old you're not getting a 34 year old it was at the end of his contract because that's what a, a lot of times you give up a first oh in the spring yeah. yeah 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 Rentals. So if I'm going to give up a first-round pick, then I'd like a guy who's going to be here for a decade or two. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, the kid he looks, looks good. Yeah, I mean, he looks smart and mobile and and seems to have a quick little sizzler shot from the blue line. Uh, you're going to – everybody's going to head straight to Google when I say this, but I, I knew when I looked at him, I looked at his face, I was like, man, he looks exactly like someone else. And I, hmm. I didn't want to make it a Scandinavian thing where you're like, oh, they all, you know, they all look like one another, all these blonde haired Scandies. He, he looks, his face looks like a young Kyle Turris. 
Find pictures of Kyle Turris, especially when he was like, what, with uh, Ottawa, I guess, when he first got drafted and that. And then I, I you're, keep... You're kinder to him than me in making comparisons of who Who'd I you make him? Like. No, I'm saying you said I look oh. like bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Hike of bubbles. <laughs> that's, a, that's a kind comparison. See, Mike, that the was just one. between you and me. That wasn't supposed to go out I on the Podman Rush. And I, those, I wear the dumb glasses. But with those <laughs> with those glasses in, in the position you were in, <laughs> do you have any cats at home? I do, too. Okay, I need a picture of you with a cat then. I'll and get then, them both in my lap. And then I'll we'll find Luds Luds can be Julian. We'll we'll get him to dye his hair black and we'll put a put a uh, rum and coke in his hand. I don't know. And I, I don't know how and we'll I need flesh. to get a plaid shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do need a plaid shirt. And and just love kitties. Uh okay. but he, he does and then I'm trying to think of what he looked like on the ice. He's got really nice I said it from day one. I was like, he's got nice hips. Like yep. he's got he's got a real lightness to his and he can get around that mobility mobility with that um and again this is this is a gm and management trusting their scouts and they've got really uh, two great ones over there and rickard uh is it oquist i yes sure i believe i, I don't and, ever pronounce him i just have to and spell. par or pair johansson uh who's the uh player development guy over in in europe but you know, they watch these guys all, all the time. They saw him a, a ton in the Swedish league. He was great there. So hopefully he can, he can come in and, um, you know, be a, uh, for, at first serviceable guy and yep. maybe aspire to being a, a stellar starring type rear guard in there. On well, the right and two side. things, one right-handed, which I mean, even Pete has said, you know, I can live without it, but I prefer lefty-righty on my D pairs. And two, he pushes Thomas Harley. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, having a guy who's in the same age range who's saying, you know, go, you know, this again, the coach saying, go win this. Okay, you got two guys are right there. You go be the the defenseman who's uh, on the ice every game. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So you got, you have uh, Yanni Hawk and Pa, Colin Miller who's yep. uh, a right shot who was brought in um, Will Butcher. Yep. And, uh, and then Suter, Lindell, Harley, Hanley, um, Haskinen. Yep. Those all, guys are okay. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all, but yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by him uh, just to see what was the 18th overall when he was taken. No, it's 27th right. or 28th. I think the Rangers were actually pretty good that year, unless that was their second first-round pick. Excuse I think me. It, I think that's what it said. I'm, I could be wrong. Oh my God, Mike. My God. Really? I mean, 28th sticks in my head. So does 15. All right, well, let's see. That was our conversation earlier. What does Google say about that? I don't know. I'm doing it right now. He's a Swedish defenseman. Lund 28th, 28th yeah. in 2018. That's where I got the 18 from. Ah, we so were no both right. Or anything? Oh, we were, we were both, both right. right. We were both <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, what else you got? Anything? No, I don't even have anything uh, to yeah, you uh, do. give to you. 
You want me to throw this one out? Yeah. So I have a uh, unsophisticated palate for things like wine. And we talk about that and how I can't really tell the difference. Well, I can't tell the difference on how a coach runs a practice. You know, they all look the same to me, but some former players understand. And I think you and Seve and guys like that, you really appreciate the nuances of a practice. And we haven't really seen enough of what no. Pete and his coaching staff want to do. <laughs> no. But uh, I was thinking, though, but I know, I know. And we, you and I talked about this uh, yeah. br briefly this morning. I get a kick and I understand, you know, people that in your world, you need to write stuff all the time. And But we're just such a uh, thirsty for, it's such a fast food world now of just instant, just instantly. I want it. I, I just need it now. This is the right. thought right now. And then I'm going to, and as soon as that comes out, I'm going to move on to something else. We're not going to wait for anything to, to like bake or, or uh, we're not going to put anything in the smoker for like 12 hours. I just want now I want to unwrap it yeah. and eat it. So I got a kick. We're, we're in Cedar park and they start, you know, they're, they're these lines that you have and some of the chemistry that you're, and it's just like, it's day one of training camp. What are you talking about? One, one of the guys on your top line isn't even here. You're Come talking on, about Peterson's new chemistry that and that it's just like, and I get Peterson it. Peterson has taken that spot. Come on, Daryl, you know, but, it's true. But I, I, that's why I love coaches that don't play the game. They're just like, Correct. you know, t tap the brakes there, puppy. Yeah. Uh, let, let's not read anything into the first day of, of training camp. And it's a little bit the same, I, I think, sometimes with with practices and that. And I don't know if you saw the thing I tweeted out the other day. It came from the NBA and their media day. But it was basically a, a bingo board uh, that you could play uh, with a blotter if you wanted of all the cliche quotes that come out of media day and that. Media day, yeah. And it, it's no different in our league that – you you read the we get a thing called sports scan where you can essentially read all the stuff that's written for all the uh, beat writers and scribes and various NHL de uh, destinations and locales and the you know the first day of training camp and they ask the coach what you think of it they almost say the exact same thing everywhere you know I thought yeah. the pace was great. Uh, the, you know, there's great buy-in to what we're trying to uh, do here. And, uh, you know, next question about the young guys. And we think if you, you, we got some great prospects. And, like, it was just almost evergreen across the board with it, right? Yeah. Uh, Got to score with, more goals. We're, we're going to go Yeah, we're looking for goals. offense. Uh, we yeah. we want to build upon what we did last year. And, you know, or if you missed the playoffs and it went sour, you know, we understand that the start's going to be important and – uh, we don't. We got a bad taste in our mouth. And a lot of guys came in, motivated, put the work in over the summer. Like it's just, it's hilarious. But there's just so much coverage of it. I, the same stuff went on 25 years ago. There yeah. just wasn't as much coverage, and you couldn't get it from all over the place instantly. Uh, but your your point about practices, I always just believe that it, short and hard and purposeful is the best way to practice. Anytime yes. I see any coaching staff outside of when you're trying to drill down on your defensive game. And there's a lot of stops and starts and stand and, and back to the board and that I hate, I just hated those days in camp or in practice. But for the most part, if, if you're not, if you're not 
able to put together a practice that can get all the things done in a short period of time without a bunch of stoppages in it, you're probably not doing your job as a coach. Or, yeah. you know, these coaches that just like to uh, hear themselves talk and draw stuff on a whiteboard. Uh, I like, I always like the ones that just bang, 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 bang. And you're out. Cause I think it translates into how you play in games where you play with, if you, if you can do things at a higher rate than your opposition and you can do them well, you're going to have the upper hand. Yeah. And if it's you get muscle used memory, to your mind gets used to it. But at the same time, I also have an affinity for the coaches that will stop things down and demand things to be done right. And not just, you know, be so beholden to speed and tempo that you just kind of shrug your shoulders at stuff that should be done better than how it's being done. And then those little things and those details creep into your game. And all of a sudden you have, you know, 13 turnovers in the game and you lose six to two. So yeah. the, the combination of the two things, once they get up and running and, and that, but I, I think you're going to see, especially with, with uh, DeBoer, who's such a believer in, uh, in exits and entries. He's not the only one that's the game right now, right. right? Zone. That's why we track them statistically way more than we ever did, but exiting your own zone clean and, and getting on the attack and getting into the other team's zone clean and with possession and getting on the attack, that's, what is that? 75, 80% of what you're trying to do? Yeah. Yeah. Create speed through the neutral zone. Put them on their heels. Yeah. Always have the other side on their heels and, and everyone involved. I love pack mentality hockey. Yes. I love that. I, I love it when all five guys are in it together offensively and defensively. I think. Yeah. And – Look, they're going to try to open things up a little bit more for offense, and that means you're going to ask a little bit more from your goaltending than, than you have in past two. You know, like you're going to see Jake and the boys are going to see a little more grade A than maybe they did in past regime years. Let's put it yes. that way. That's yeah, it just, may not it, be as many shots, but it may be higher quality. Maybe. And then that, that's and where counter -attack. a lot of times – uh, it, it's the timing of of saves that's the difference in a yes. game. You know, not necessarily the volume, but it's the timing of, you know, we held the play, we held the play, we held the play, we broke down. Do you get the save or you don't get the save? Because it right. can change the game. But we got lots of time to figure all that crap out, don't we, Mike? It's going to be fun just watching. I mean, even this I, question, I agree. We don't know the answer to. We'll see the answer in the next couple of months of watching practices. Yeah. I I just I I I hope they have a really, really good I love it when when a new group comes in and with with philosophies and systems and through a little bit of execution, you gotta have a little bit of luck too, because it's not perfect early. You know, there's there's still gonna be some thinking and adjustments and this and that. But if you can get by and you start stacking up wins and you get the confidence that what they've been preaching is going to work, you, you can have pretty special seasons. So, you know, I just think – I know it wasn't a new system, a new regime, but there were new players that came in when they won the division back in 2016, and they were the best team in the league until 
like their record was outstanding until what late November, mid December, I think. Yep. Those first couple of months, they, they they were, it was like holy moly. They got great goaltending from Kari and Auntie Niemi, and they had they finally had a little bit of depth to their attack, and things a lot of things went right, and and they just took off and and ran with it and won the division. And it would be nice to see something like that. I'd like I I think they can challenge. If if things go, I I think they can challenge. We'll talk about this uh, in a future podcast. The division and and prognostications for the year. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty obvious who the the king of the central is right now. It's not hard to find them. No, <laughs> they had cup parties all summer. Uh, but 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 you can you can challenge them and and be that team that makes them earn it if they're going to win a, another division title. Yeah, from a fan standpoint or media standpoint, it would just be nice to not be worrying about the bubble in Agreed. March. I mean, just, you know, move yourself into the top two or three and and let's stay there. Agreed. All right, we knocked the rust off, didn't we? And yeah. uh, we'll do that on the broadcasting side on Thursday night. A reminder to all Ooh. of you out there, there's a little uh, PSA for uh, Stars Broadcasting in Bally, as we call Stars Wild Thursday night from the Mecca. American Airlines Center. Should I start working on my broadcast voice as we get ready for this? Training camp in the preseason continues, as does RoboWatch 2022. Mike, write something provocative for crying out loud, okay? I'm a homer, you know that. Uh, I know. What? That's what we the all fans are. want. That's what they want That's right. now. That's what they want now. <laughs> Just unabashed homerism. We're going to bring it. All right. right. See ya. Thanks, all of you out there. Be well. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today. It all starts with you. For every Stars chant and the victory green you proudly don each night. You are the reason we skate. You are the reason we fight. You are Texas Hockey. Be here when your Dallas Stars return to the ice on Saturday, October 15th for their home opener against the Nashville Predators. Tickets for all 2022-23 home games on sale now at DallasStars.com.